0: Blog Talk Radio Hello and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and this is our first interview of 2021. I got a little behind with all the holidays and some of my own personal writing, but now I am back. I have lots of really wonderful guests lined up for the next few weeks, so you can check that um, check out the, the website, uh, BernadetteWalsh.com, for some of my upcoming guests. But today, I am very pleased to introduce Rebecca Yaros. Rebecca is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of over fifteen novels. Her soon-to-come-out release is *The Things We Leave Unfinished*. So, welcome, Rebecca, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh no, I'm I'm really pleased, and I think I was telling you before the um, before we got started. I absolutely love the cover of your upcoming release, The Things We Leave Behind. Maybe um, we could start off with that You can tell us a little bit about what that book is about and also when it's going to be released.
1: Sure. Um, Thank you so much. Brie Archer did that cover, and she is a phenomenally talented artist. Um, The Things We Leave Unfinished is a novel that's told in two timelines between contemporary and World War II. And it's about a woman who's just come out of a divorce, and when she comes home to her great-grandmother's estate, she finds her great-grandmother's last unfinished novel. She was a very popular romance novelist, and the publisher wants to purchase it and wants to hire someone to finish it for her great-grandmother, except the novel is actually based on her great-grandmother's real-life romance um, in World War II. And so it's really about a woman struggling to kind of come back into her own and find love again after a very brutal divorce, and it goes back and forth between her great grandmother's love story and her own.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds great. Now, is this the first time you've tackled two different timelines, or is that something that you've done with other novels?
1: This was the first time, and it might be the last. Um, It's super complicated to kind of weave everything in with those timelines, but So much fun to get to go research uh, World War II and the Battle of Britain.
0: Now, is this, have you um, written historical or things that are based on historical um, timeframes? Is this the first time you've tackled that or have you done that in your other work as well?
1: This is my first historical. I've done military romance, a lot of military romance because I'm I'm a military wife. But this is my first time delving back into, into the past
0: wow so you've broken a lot of new ground with this this latest book it's very exciting
1: it it is it's fun i think it's always fun to challenge yourself and kind of keep your creative mind going as to seeing what you can tackle and what you you can write um and it was super fun to write this one but man it was definitely a challenge to
0: balance both those storylines in those timelines right but you have to keep growing right that's Part of part of the writing journey is that you have to keep growing and, and not get stale. Now, maybe we can um, start back with when you actually did start writing professionally. How long have you been written, writing? Obviously, 15 novels, so it's been some time. Um, I started in 2010
1: when my husband was on his third deployment, and I was reading about a book a day, and I decided to write. And so I wrote a page a night, and by the time he got home from that deployment, I had a full book. And then I went the traditional route of, you know, querying agents and all the beautiful, wonderful rejections that come with that process. Um, And so about, I think, a year and a half, two years later, I secured my first agent. And that first book actually didn't sell, which is pretty common. And I wrote my second book, um, which is called Full Measures. And I wrote that right before my husband was leaving for his fourth deployment, and that actually sold within a couple months of finishing the book and published right when he came home from that deployment. And then it just kind of took off from there.
0: And so um, so are you only traditionally published, or are you hybrid?
1: I'm hybrid. Um, I have mostly traditional novels with Entangled. And then I self-published my first full-length novel this last year, Muses and Melodies, and that came out in October. And I have a couple other self-published things and anthologies or novellas, but um, I'm really going hybrid this year.
0: Oh, okay. And what made you decide to kind of start exploring um, indie publishing? I was approached by two
1: of my friends, uh, Daphne Perry and Serena Bowen, who are extraordinarily talented writers, and they wanted to do a trilogy and kind of base it in a band where we each wrote one of the characters. And we we just kind of took it off from there. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the freedom of um, being beyond the constraints of traditional publishing and understanding everything that goes into it. It's such a different process. And I think each has equal merit and value. But watching these women work in the self-publishing industry is, awe inspiring because they're handling all their own marketing and getting their covers developed and hiring their own editors and everything start to finish. Where in traditional, you know, we write a book and we hand it off to our editor and we say, have a book. And then (laughs) I give you back, you know, your cover and and they handle marketing and they handle all this wonderful stuff. So uh, being able to venture into both sides is fascinating and wonderful to see both sides of the industry. And like you said, it keeps us from getting stale, I think, and allows us to kind of explore every avenue.
0: Right. Well, I've, um, I, it's funny. I, I started writing about the same time you did, 2010. And I work and I have one child, which is nothing compared to you because I believe you have six. But um, but one is enough nice yeah. for me. It's all I can handle. Uh, but I started writing <laughs> just because I needed an outlet. I, I was just, like, working all the time. And I said, I have to do something besides changing diapers, and screaming at people on the phone. So I I need something else, and I'd always wanted to write, and my first book was picked up by Lyrical Press, and so my first few books were with a small publisher, and then when they were acquired, they were with Kensington, which is a bigger publisher, but then Mm -hmm. the, you know, the indie wave hit, and I was like, well, you know, maybe I should take these back. Maybe I should try and explore indie publishing. So I actually have been indie publishing since then. And now with my latest book that I just completed, I'm trying to actually go back to the traditional route. I'm looking for an agent and all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, you can hit, a lot of people have, you know, feet in both, in both ponds. And it's just, I think sometimes it's driven by the work because the book that I just finished is more of a traditional women's fiction, and I think it might, you know, benefit from being traditionally published. Uh, sometimes, you know, the romances have a little bit more um, pull and or, or success in the indie world. So, um, so we were talking a little bit before you you had um, we had started the show about the line between contemporary romance and women's fiction. Um, I am always right. struggling to see where that line is and sometimes I'm on one side of it and sometimes I'm on the other what has been your experience on in terms of uh, pursuing both of those genres so my last uh, three
1: novels um, the last letter great and precious things and now the things Will leave unfinished all straddle that line between uh, women's fiction and contemporary romance and my first two series were just absolutely contemporary romance. And I think that line really is in that happily ever after. And when you write romance, there's a contract really between you and the reader that they're going to get a happily ever after between the couples and that, you know, that everything's going to be worked out or a happy for now um, at the end of that book. And I think cliffhangers don't necessarily fit into that scheme. I think more when you're talking about a series, Mm because I know a lot of people will cliffhanger their books, but women's fiction I think you're focusing so much more on the character development and the journey that you take. And sometimes, you know, there are tragic events that, you know, shape, that shape your journey. And you might not be looking at an ending that you may think is happy, but the reader may not find as emotionally gratifying as a happily ever after with traditional romance.
0: And have you, um, and have you found yourself, Drawn more to one genre or the other, or do you sometimes flip back and forth?
1: really depends um i find I find that the women's novel women 's fiction novels are the bigger novels i've done these last three years they take longer and they take more out of me. Um, so I write typically one of those a year. Contemporary romance to me is it's so much fun and it, it's lighter, and so I find it a little bit easier to write to write those and uh, I think I've written this year i wrote. Two contemporary romances, and then the women's fiction came out last year with "Great and Precious Things," and this year, "The Things leave Unfinished." So it really, it really just depends on where I feel the story's at, and where right. it, where it belongs.
0: Right. It's so funny because I I feel the same way. The my women's fiction, and I think I've kind of veered more towards women's fiction. But after I do a really, a really heavy emotional women's fiction title. I almost feel like I need like a breather or you know I have to cleanse my palate. And so what I've been doing is I do one heavy book and then I do a paranormal romance. And then I do another oh. women's fiction and then I do a paranormal romance. So I'm like kind of all over the place, but I really do feel like I need that, you know, again, dealing with reality and some of my books have dealt with some pretty heavy themes like, you know, Um, alcoholism and the breakdown of the family like really heavy stuff so then after that I need like a witch to be able to like you know (laughs) cast a spell or something Something unrelated to all this heavy real life stuff so um, you know that's how I that sounds fabulous yeah it's fun it's fun but I think what has actually happened is my more recent paranormal romances have been more like paranormal women's fiction, like that heaviness or like, you know, the angst is still coming up. And I finished what I was like, wait a second, this is supposed to be fun. Like, why is he dying? (laughs) kind of thing. But they're still (laughs) a little bit lighter than some of my other
1: stuff. (laughs) And you can honestly, you can have all that angst. I mean, my romances are angsty. I have uh, my first series, my Flight and Glory series, is absolute angst-fest military romance. And then I have a lighter series of, um, you know, Daredevils. So I think you can absolutely have that angst in the romance. I think it really just comes down to the ending. It really comes down to is there that happily ever after ending where everything is tied up um, with with that bow. And I think women's fiction, you don't necessarily have to have that ending that way. You know, it's, as long as the woman has, has reached her journey, it's not as dependent on the romance factor, but the romance is, I mean, that's right there. We're looking, we're looking for the happily ever after in the romance, but I'm a big fan of throwing in the angst. I'm, I'm known for, for killing off characters
0: every now and then. <laughs> well, I guess that lends itself with military romance. Now, I, I know that you said you're, you were kind of drawn to that because you're a military wife, but how much you know, research do you need to do for those military romances? Like, do you put a lot of technical stuff in there and does your hus- husband help you? Well, okay. So, well, it just kind of depends. I think
1: the military is is what I would call a subculture where we have our own rules and regulations. And uh, my husband has just gotten out after 22 years. So I'm very, very happy that he's retired. Um, But the first book I didn't need as much of his input in um, because as as a military wife, we have, I don't want to say training of our own, but we have training of our own to deal with care teams. And when notifications come to the door, And my first novel deals with the death of a father in military service. So I knew all of that kind of stuff as the novels Mm -hmm. progressed and they went through flight school. My husband's an Apache helicopter pilot. I went to him for the technical aspects of that. So when there was a helicopter scene in Afghanistan, I made him read it to make sure that, Hey, is this real? Is this, is this how this would work? Is this radio call? You know, can they get from this location to this location in this amount of time? And he made sure that all of my ducks were in a row so that I didn't, you know, just, just throw the story into the void. So I'm very, very lucky that he's super supportive and will read all my stuff.
0: Now he reads your books or has he read all your Mm -hmm. books? Wow. I will tell you, my husband has yet to read any of my books and I write under um, a pen name and he said, you know, Bernadette kind of scares me a little bit. (laughs) so I, I don't want to see that side of you. I was like, Oh, okay. But it's funny, I just, the book I'm trying to get an agent for, um, I just finished it, and it's based in two families during the pandemic. And one of the husbands, every annoying thing that my husband has done during this pandemic, because the two of us are kind of trapped in our house, like working from home. Right. Every annoying thing that he's done has gone into this character. Martin. Martin is the thing. So every now and then, when he does something like Martin is always like turning off the lights. And for 20 years, my husband, I could be in the room and he's like turning off the light. I was like, please stop. So every time he does something annoying, I will say, Martin, please stop. It's so funny. But, um, Going into a we'll book. Yeah, <laughs> and he does. He's like, and um, I, I entered it in a contest. I actually was the grand prize winner. I was very excited because I haven't done a lot of oh. uh, contests in a while, but I sent this right. one in, and it was amazing because, like, I actually see how Martin gets, you know, uh, redeemed later on in the book, but obviously when you do these contests, it's just the first, like, 20 pages, and so some of the comments were like, oh, my God, this guy, Martin, he is such a jerk, and they used even stronger <laughs> language than that. I was like, oh, I live with Martin. Oh. Oh, I have a, I have a character. It's based on my
1: husband. Well, I actually two on accident, but the character in my second novel is based on my husband, just a lot of his characteristics and some of his actual stories from when he was in flight school. And my daughter, um, our oldest daughter is in her second year of law school. So she's, you know, she's, she's definitely not in her teenage years and she was up at a ski resort and uh, God bless her. She can't ski. So she was sitting in the lodge while her friends were skiing and she was reading and she happened to be reading the paperback of my second book. And someone came up to her and said, oh, my gosh, have you read that book? It's so good. And she was just kind of playing along, like, no, no, I haven't. And they said, well, did you know the main character is actually based on her husband? And (laughs) because it's a romance novel, my daughter called me, and she's like, you
0: didn't tell me that. I'm never reading this again. I can't believe this is (laughs) Dad!" And I'm like, okay, it's all right. Just just shut the book. It's Okay.
1: So, you know, I think our our husbands kind of creep in there. Um, He crept into this, the one I just wrote, The Things Leave Unfinished. I needed a a tall, strapping guy from World War II. It's an American fighter pilot with the RAS. And I write this wonderful character named Jameson that I just adore. And then I'm going through edits, and I realize I adore him because he's pretty much my husband. looks like my husband he has the same green eyes my husband's a pilot he's a pilot and I just shook my head like great I just stuck my husband in another book that poor man
0: (laughs) oh that's so funny now do you tell a lot of your friends and family that you are writing romance or are you like me and you keep it kind of secret uh no
1: I write under my real name um and yeah right uh there are times uh, there are definitely times where I wish I had had the forethought to perhaps not write under my real name, uh, especially just because I, I do have so many kids. We have six. But <laughs> when I got that first contract, I was just so excited that I didn't think twice about it, and I signed it, and off it went. And um, so definitely there are times where I wish I did have a pen name. But everyone knows, and I've never had any negative reactions um, I'm sure my mother, I've made my mother blush a, a few times, definitely. My husband's never had an issue with it. My oldest son did have to read my Amazon author bio in the middle of his class once because they were doing a, a unit on creative writing. And his teacher's like, oh, look, this is this is Aaron's mom. Can you, you know, can you read your mom's bio? And my son, is, who's very introverted, is like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so he had to stand up in class and read my Amazon bio. So my family is incredibly supportive. Um, my friends are incredibly supportive, but honestly, the majority of my friends are writers now. I think we just, you know, we're all kind of introverted, and especially during the pandemic. We're not really, we're not, we're not getting out. We're not going anywhere or meeting right. anyone. community.
0: That's great. That's great. Now, in terms of your heat level, where are you hot? Are you sweet? Are you somewhere in between? I would say
1: I'm somewhere in between. Um, I'm explicit, but there's not an abundance of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely, there's definitely an explicit heat level, but I'm definitely not tipping into the erotica territory. And of course, you know, you do get the comments. Um, I'm a hockey mom. So, you know, people at hockey will be like, oh, do you write the smutty books? I'm like, well, one, yikes on that word. Can we just, can we just stop using the smutty word? And, and two, what, what are you qualifying as smut? So I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think everyone has a different uh,
0: Every the other level. Line, they... yeah. yeah. No, it's funny. I've had like some friends or like dance mom friends um, read my books. And I had one um, called Friends Forever that was based on two college roommates. And I based it a little bit on the college that I went to. And she knew where I went to college. And if you know me, you could tell that that's where I'm, I'm setting the book. And afterwards, she's like, "Wow, sounds like you had fun in college." I was like, "No, no, it's <laughs> fiction. It's fiction. I did not do these things, you know." It's, I and like right? if you think about all these different characters. Like, I am not a witch. <laughs> I didn't do this. Know. You know, it's it's kind no. of crazy. I I do um I do tend to have at least one lawyer in one of my books because I'm a lawyer in my day job. But okay. I don't write like a lot, of like that's just because I I kind of can do the background and not have to do a lot of research. But I don't have them in court all the time either, you know. But but it is funny right. how people just presume that, especially if they've only read one of your books, like oh that must be autobiographical. I was like, no, my first book was probably a lot of me in it, but um, but after right. that, like, I can't keep my my life is just not not that interesting, right? So it'd be very short right. if I just wrote about myself all the time, but. It's right,
1: funny. and there's. Yeah. Well, I think there's a little bit of you in in every book, and I think you know definitely my first book probably has a bit more of me in it. I didn't know as as much of my craft back then, but mm-hmm. every single book I write has little smidgens of me. That my husband will look up and say, "Yeah, that's you, or that's you." And especially our, my Flight and Glory series, um, my husband was wounded uh, in Iraq in the initial invasion, and once he recovered from his wound, he chose to go back and finish his tour. And I put that into a book, and someone was like, oh, that's not realistic. That would never happen. I'm like, well, actually, that, that, yeah. is, that is actually part of my life. That did happen. But, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Or my renegades, they're on a Semester at Sea, which is a college program that actually exists where you go around the world on a cruise ship on in college and you take classes on the cruise ship and, and get off. My, my best friend did it. Um, you get off in different ports and see everything. And so I set an entire book world and that kind of thing. And, and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, have you, have you done this? I'm like, no, I have never snowboarded near Mount Everest. That's definitely not. I'm an indoor girl. So. <laughs> you know, I have not I've
0: not I have been done. traveling the world. Yeah
1: exactly but we did part of it we um we went on a mediterranean cruise for our 10-year anniversary and we got lost in the istanbul market um and we almost missed our cruise ship because we, we couldn't find our way out it's it's it, everything looks the same inside the istanbul market and so i put that into a book and i always tell people like that's the one thing that's it everything else no no i've never never skydived i've never bungee jumped i've never done any of that stuff Ab- absolutely not but i think as authors it's so much fun to get to explore those things that we wouldn't normally do.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you get to explore both the outward, you know, people skydiving or Um, you know, pretending to, or actually, you know, casting spells. But I think what's even more interesting is the introspection, right? How you can do that deep dive into your character's thoughts. Whereas in my day-to-day life, right, I'm certainly not like reminiscing about things that happened 20 years ago and how they're impacting my life now. But obviously you can do that in a character. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I kind of, what I really love about writing is, you know, if you met me in my day-to-day life, I'm, I'm not a particularly emotional person you know I'm a lawyer you know during my day but in my writing I've been able to really tap into the emotion that I kind of don't show in my day-to-day life and that's just been like another great thing so you get to so again you get to explore you know outward things that you'll never do but for me at least I get to explore inward things that I don't you know always look at day-to-day so that's just another fun thing about writing. Then do you find that if you're going through something in your personal life that it works its way into your writing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, one of my um, my paranormal titles uh, called See Me is actually based on in that book. Um, uh, obviously, she's a witch and she can see, you know, the dead and her ex-boyfriend who really broke her heart comes back to her as a ghost and she didn't even know he was dead. So they kind of work out things in their romance and their, you know, what happened because it ended badly. And that was actually inspired by my own experience, you know, on like, I was like just searching, I don't know how it popped up. Maybe it's like the universe, but a story popped up and it was my ex-boyfriend. Hadn't seen him in like 20 plus years and he had died, but he had worked in the government. So I guess that's why it came up. But um, I didn't know he was sick. I didn't know anything about him. Hadn't talked to him in years. And I was shocked by how I was felt gutted, right? I felt like somebody punched me in the stomach, right. you know? <gasps> like, how can that person be dead? And it, it was just like, how do you express that grief? You know what I mean? Like, oh, somebody I knew 20 right. years ago died. Like, you sound like you're a crazy person. But... I, I needed to do something with that grief. So so I was able to put it in that book. So I think that was one recent experience where something that happened in my life, obviously not in the same way, right? I jazzed it up and, you know, people were ghosts and everything else. It's not well, yeah. it in my house, thank God. But um, yeah. so 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 certainly certain things that happen in my life impact and it may work its way in, but it's never, as you know, it's never like verbatim. You know, it's not exactly like Oh, right. happened?
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. It's not autobiographical. I can definitely look no. back and see a trend between, you know, was my husband deployed? Um, was he preparing for deployment? My daughter, our youngest daughter has autism. Um, so where were, we, where were we in her diagnosis? Or where were we in her adoption process? I can see the trends in my writing where my angst levels up, where mm-hmm. I know that my personal angst was up as well. So it's, it was kind of like, you know, if I was going through something personally I just channeled all, those, all that angsty feeling into the book, and it kind of helped you know, channel it away. Whether or not it was specific or actually anything like our actual life, it still helped to get the emotions out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: it's, writing is uh, it's free therapy in some yes, ways. Exactly. And you get to control people. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know about you, but my
1: children don't do what I tell them to. So when I sit down at the keyboard, the people in the computer do
0: what I tell them to. Sometimes. sometimes, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's oh. sometimes <laughs> they turns. and you're like, that wait, and are you going in this direction? But yeah, no, I, I definitely And are you so a panther so or a plotter? I am. I don't know what I am. I always know that character, like whoever the main character that, and sometimes I write from two different, dual points of view, but it is usually one mm-hmm. I really connect with and I kind of know where it's going. But I don't always know how I'm going to get there. So I'll know the end, like so and so is going to die or so and so is going to get together. But it's the winding road. I think if I plot it out too much, I kind of it becomes very dry. So I always have to leave a little bit of that, you know, mystery. How about you? Do you plot? Are you a plotter it, or it, it depends? Um, yeah.
1: Novels like uh, just flat romance. Or i do not going to say flat, but romance novels that are strictly romance novels I know who my characters are I know what's keeping them apart I know what's driving them both I almost always write in dual POV um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so I I have a a general plot so that I know where I'm going just because I know that I if I get off deadline I will fall too far behind so I have to kind of know where I'm going and then when I wrote The Things We Leave Unfinished um because there are two romances in this one book and because you go back and forth between contemporary and World War II and you have to intertwine these stories so that at the same time, as well as playing off each other, I had to plot that extensively. I had a bunch of note cards on my dining room table of scenes I knew needed to happen. And then I had to kind of lace it together. Like you would lace your fingers together. So it just really depends on what I'm writing, but I like knowing where, where I'm headed.
0: Right. Well, Rebecca, this has been a really great interview. Um, I've I really enjoyed speaking with you. Especially, it's, it's always great to talk to somebody else who is dealing with some of the same struggles that I have in terms of determining am I count, contemporary romance, am I women's fiction, am I somewhere in the middle? So, so I, I've really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm sure our listeners were as well will as well. Maybe you could tell us again, remind us of that upcoming book and when it's going to be available, and maybe tell everyone where they can find you online.
1: Absolutely. Um, my novel is called The Things We Leave Unfinished, and it comes out the 23rd, which is uh, you know, about 10 days from now. And you can find me at www.rebeccayaros.com or on Facebook or Instagram. My handles are Rebecca Yaros. I'm pretty easy to find. And thank you for having
0: me. No, this has been great. Thanks, thanks for joining. Um, just a, a reminder, um, again, about some upcoming shows. I have been a little remiss over the last few weeks. Um, I've had a lot of writing deadlines myself, but I have some really fantastic guests. So again, check out my page on BernadetteWalsh.com for some of the upcoming um, interviews, and also you can always check out the Blog Talk Radio page as well. Um, just a reminder uh, for some of my books uh, that I mentioned actually on this call, Call um, you can um, can find out information about all my books on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. Some of them are... Um, uh, um, I'm having a blank. <laughs> the Reluctant Witch is where I talk about, and this is my novella series um, of it includes two novellas, See Me and Follow Me, as you know, so if you want a little paranormal romance. And then my latest fiction, Johnny Be Good, is always available as well. So again, more information about my books is on my website, bernadettewalsh.com. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye bye.